Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's show, I chat with birthkeeper Amy about her three births. It was never a question that she would birth her babies in the safety and comfort of her home. Having an innate trust in her body, Amy went on to have two powerful, life-changing experiences, utilizing midwifery care. When she called in her third baby, she never felt the need to contact anyone and intuitively went down the path to free birth. She shares the real and raw emotions she felt during an unexpected quick labor, the challenge but total wonderment of birthing her baby on call, plus some really great insight into Lotus Birth. Enjoy this episode, guys. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's so nice to be talking about birth again. <laughs> Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I just relocated from the Blue Mountains in New South Wales up to northern New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And we are currently looking for a home. Hopefully we'll have one this week. Um, I have a beautiful stepdaughter who is turning 14 soon. I have my eldest son is Sylvester Elvis Mars. My middle child is Essie Rainbow Rose. She's two. Sylvester's almost six. And I just had a baby, Solomon Pearl Cosmos, who is, I think, 13 weeks old now. Wow, what cool names. Where did they all come from? They just chose their names. I love um, that. We had different names picked out for all of them, and that that just didn't fly when we met them. So we just, I think with each of them, except for Essie, Essie made her name very clear early in the pregnancy but um Solomon and Sylvester they had different name I had different names for them and then when I met them it just yeah crazy how that happens isn't it totally and did you plan your pregnancies with your babies yes yeah all pulled them through they kind of like made made themselves very known Mm -hmm. that they wanted to come through and um we tried to pick a pick when we called them through, but yeah, it was very con- consciously conceived. Yeah, awesome. And how were your pregnancies with them? Uh, my pregnancy with Sylvester was a breeze. It was um, 
yeah, it was, I was really active. I was living in a really big warehouse with um, a whole bunch of artists at the time. And, oh, how cool. Yeah. No, I didn't have any other kids, so I slept a lot and rested here. Yeah. Surfed a lot and, yeah, just went about my life as usual. I had a really great pregnancy with him. Essie's pregnancy annihilated me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was really naive going into it because I was like, oh, I'm fine. I don't get morning um, the universe was like, okay, then <laughs> terrible morning sickness for half the pregnancy, not like vomiting, but I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Um, and that really took me on a journey. Um, and Solomon's pregnancy was really similar to Sylvester's. It was, it was hard because I had two kids that I had to look after. So I couldn't rest as much, but I didn't get any sickness and, um, it was a really joyful pregnancy. Beautiful. Yeah. So what model of care did you choose for your first birth? And was there anything that you did in the lead up to that birth to get yourself prepared? So my only plan of attack was that I was going to have him at home no matter what because, yeah. Um, yeah, hospitals trigger me and freak me out a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know much about home birth or, you know, the home birth world or the birth world. I was pretty naive. Okay. Um, and I was, you know, kind of pretty naive right up until I gave birth. I just, I really trusted my body. And I think that's definitely the reason why I had such a great experience. Um, but I didn't really do much of the kind of inner work stuff until after I had him. Okay. But I, I had an amazing midwife. I won midwife roulette through the hospital home birth program. Um, and she, she was just my rock. So I think if I didn't have her, I probably would have been a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah how was that birth it was great it was it was about 12 or so hours um I think I was pushing for like two hours it was very hard mm-hmm. at the end but um yeah it was it was beautiful I was at home um in our warehouse and I didn't realize all my housemates were home but they were all home oh, so were they watching no yeah. No, they weren't watching, okay. but they were just outside our room. They could definitely hear me. Ooh. And what was their reception like when you said you were home birthing? Well, I I said we're going to move out because I'm pregnant. And they're like, no, you don't have to move out. And I was oh. like, okay, cool, because I didn't really want to move out. <laughs> and um, then I decided I was going to have a home birth. And when I put it to them, they were, they were super supportive and interested and intrigued. So, um, yeah, they were, they were great. And I didn't know they were home. I, I think Sylvester was born about 8.30 in the morning. And as soon as they heard him cry, I heard a bottle of champagne pop open. <gasps> oh, stop. So I was like, I yeah. And I was that. like, oh, watch. Then, then they went into the kitchen and they wrote him a really big letter oh. to say welcome to earth. And, yeah, it was really special. It's beautiful. Um, totally un- unplanned. Like, obviously, we did, never knew what time he was going to be born, but it was just so perfect. And I felt really held yeah. in that time. What would you say would be the greatest lesson you took away from that birth? Um, I was just talking with a friend about this yesterday. Sylvester's birth really taught me um, just trust and surrender Mm -hmm. and to trust the process. And um, yeah, I really, I really took that into my life (laughs) and also my other births after that. Yeah. And was there anything you did differently for your second birth? Um, I hired a private midwife. I didn't want to go through the hospital system again. So I saved up all my money and hired a private midwife which was a really good decision mm-hmm. and um she was amazing and um in terms of the birth not really to be honest i um i just took that trust and surrender into into the birth and 
I didn't want to overthink anything too much because for me that's when things get a little bit murky. So I um, I just went in knowing that I would have her at home. I didn't buy into any fears around like hospital transfers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think I was a bit more aware of how the system worked. So if that was to happen, I would felt confident that I would be able to navigate that space. But I didn't like focus on that too much. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any books or courses that you did in preparation for your births? Yeah, basically I did the – I haven't read too many birth books, okay. um, but my favourite is Sacred Birthing, Birthing okay. a New Humanity by Sunny Carl. Okay, cool. I haven't heard that one. The best. It really, like, talks about the – um, spiritual experience of pregnancy and birth and the transcendental experience of birth and the physiological experience of birth like so beautifully it just marries together in this just really really beautiful way and I love that book I still reference that book all the time because it, it it goes into postpartum and you can really take a lot of the messages in that book into just like everyday life so yeah and yeah I'd had more friends birth by the time I had Essie there's four years difference between her and Sylvester so um yeah I think I'd I'd learned more about birth and you know all of the the things happening in the birth world and Mm. yeah so jumping ahead to Solomon's birth you chose to have a free birth with him was there anything in particular that sort of influenced that decision yeah I'm not sure I I never imagined I would free birth to to be honest I I always thought I would have a midwife okay I love, I've loved all my midwives and I really value authentic midwifery so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I became pregnant with him, I I just didn't feel the call to hire a midwife. And because I was in the Blue Mountains, it was, and it was also coronavirus stuff was going on. So a lot of, a lot more people are home birthing and there's not that many home birth midwives in the Sydney area that service the Blue Mountains. Okay. So I felt pressure that I had to book someone and I didn't know if I wanted someone there. So I just decided to leave it. And, um, yeah, and from there I just realised that I was like, I can actually do this. I don't feel – I still don't feel called to have anyone. And I kept checking in with myself throughout the pregnancy, always feeling open to having, you know, midwifery care if I needed it. But, yeah, I just didn't feel like I needed that type of care this time. Yeah. And what about your partner? How did he feel about that? Yeah, he's awesome. He's mm-hmm. really supportive of everything. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Were there any fears that you had to work through this time around? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> so many. <laughs> yeah, I think I think fear is like so normal in pregnancy. Even with my other so many fears come up, you know, you're, you're stepping into the unknown. And yeah. you know, just because I'd birthed before didn't mean that I was fearless or anything. Um so yeah, I had a lot of fears come up around what if something goes wrong? What if I bleed too much? What if my placenta doesn't come out? You know, all what if my baby's non-responsive? So yeah. And what were some of the things that you did to work through those fears that popped up? Yeah. So for me, the first thing, like if I felt a fear come up or an anxiety come up, I would just really feel it okay. and make sure I sat in it and felt it. And when I was in that space of really feeling it, I would be able to eventually you know it could take like weeks you know it's not not a linear process navigating this stuff Mm. um I would eventually get to a point where I could 
re- understand where the fear was coming from. And a lot of the time the fears weren't my own. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time they were like conditioned fears or um, fears that other people had projected on me or even fears that had been handed down my maternal line from traumatic births in my family. Okay. So um, that was really helpful for me to really just sit in it. And then when I could, when I realized where they were coming from, I felt like I was able to work on them or let them go, like in a way that felt good for me. Mm-hmm. And that was like a lot of um, a lot of time in nature, observing nature and just sitting with nature, talking it out with friends, um, was really helpful. And I've got a lot of birthkeeper friends, so um, that was really help- helpful for me. Um, and reading a little bit, I really enjoyed um, Heather Baker's book, Home Birth on Your Own Terms. Okay. Um, that goes into, you know, the what ifs in a really, really um, kind of positive way, I guess. Okay. And yeah, that was kind of my process. But right up until the moment I went into labor, fears would, would pop up randomly. So I think that's normal for everyone. Mm. But the extra you know, free birth just takes you to that space of taking radical responsibility for which um, is also can be scary, but also so liberating and empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any pushback from anyone around you that you had to deal with? Um, not really. I had a couple of friends project a little bit of fear, but um, I knew that it wasn't mine and um, I didn't talk about it too much for most of the pregnancy because I just wanted I didn't want other people's opinions yeah. and um, I know that the topic of free birth um, people have a lot of opinions about it mm-hmm. which is fine but I just yeah I didn't want to have to explain myself because I found it find it really draining but um, the people in my immediate circle like my partner and my close friends and even my parents were super supportive Amazing. so yeah that was really good do you want to take us to that first sign of labor with him? So I was sitting on my couch. It was, uh, I think it was the 12th of April. And I was, I'd had a bloody show um, for a couple of days, a little bit here and there. So I knew it was going to happen soon. Um, but I was sitting on my couch in the afternoon on the 12th of April. It was a beautiful autumn afternoon in the mountains. And I was really feeling really impatient and annoyed and pissed mm-hmm. off that my labor had started because I was almost 42 weeks. <sighs> Third time. <laughs> oh, man, I feel for you. Can I quickly ask how far along you were with your other two babies? So Sylvester was exactly 42 weeks. Yeah. Um, Essie was just over 42 weeks. Okay. 42 and one or two, I think. Okay, right. And so Solomon was – I wasn't keeping – um, track of his, my time, my labor, I mean, my pregnancy as much as the others. So somewhere between 41 and 42 weeks, but more towards 42 weeks. Yeah, okay. Um, and I was so over it and so sore. And I was just like, just hurry up. <laughs> and I was just like feeling irritable. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write this down or draw it. And I, I wrote a little list and I drew a picture and I'm an artist. So yeah, I, I draw a lot. And I just needed to get this energy out of my body. So I did a drawing and I, I was like, I'm going to burn it. <laughs> and I looked outside and Jeff was like burning some cardboard or something. He lit a little fire and he was just burning some stuff. And um, 
So I was like, oh, perfect timing. I'm going to go outside and burn this. <laughs> and I, I walked out my front door and um, there was this there was this magpie there. And this magpie, I get lots of signs from the birds. And I'm a very spiritual person. And, yeah, birds are kind of like messengers for us. And we always have them around us. And this one magpie has been hanging around since Solomon was conceived and he's got like no fur, no feathers on the top of his head. Mm -hmm. He's kind of got like a mohawk and he was just standing at the door and like really close to the front door. I'm like, Oh, you're, you're here to give me a message. And I just remember looking at him like, I think it's going to happen soon because the magpie is here. (laughs) That sounds crazy, but it felt really real for me. And then I I walked over to the fire and that the magpie being there kind of gave me like some reassurance and I was like, okay, I feel better now. I've seen the magpie. And um, I Jeff was at the fire and I, I read out my little list to him and I showed him the drawing and I'm like, I'm just going to burn this. And I burnt it and we like sat together and held hands and just had a really beautiful moment in, in I think it was sun, almost sunset. So it was a really beautiful autumn afternoon. We had a really beautiful moment together and shared some breaths. And Jeff's like, I think it's going to happen soon just chill and like within half an hour I got this like mighty surge in my back and I'm like oh it's happening like it's gonna happen so that was really reassuring I kind of went back inside with a skip in my step and I'm like yes it's happening (laughs) finally but my other labors had been quite slow to start with so I wasn't expecting anything to happen too quickly but I was stoked that something was happening Um, and then I just went about my night and I was getting these surges in my back, maybe every hour, like they were really inconsistent, but they were pretty strong. So I was was like, good, something's still happening. This is good. Um, and I ate some dinner and I decided to go to bed early because I, I was anticipating a a long labor like my others and I didn't want to feel exhausted. So how long were your previous labors? Sylvester's was 12 hours. It wasn't that long, but I was so exhausted by the end of it. Yeah, okay. Because I didn't, when I went into labour, I just got really excited and didn't rest. Yeah. It was about 24 hours, but I think it was four hours of active labour, but really consistent early labour. And it was a whole night of being awake and I was just, it was a beautiful labour and a really pleasurable experience, but very exhausting. Mm. Yeah, so I was expecting I was this I was expecting something similar to that, I guess. Yeah. So I went to bed really early and it was beautiful. I was cuddling Essie and Sylvester all night and it was it was just so beautiful because I knew it would probably be the last night that it was just us. Um and I was just like marinating in it. And um around I think it was no, I looked at the clock. It was like 1:37 a.m. I woke up and I had another really intense surge but it was different to the other ones and I was like oh I think it's happening so I I laid in bed and we had this beautiful view of the sky from our room through a big window and I looked at the stars for ages and just I think they were coming every 20 minutes or so just by myself like just enjoying them I guess and around I kind of lost sense of the time but maybe an hour or so after that they started getting um a lot stronger and I really needed Jeff to like put his elbow into my hips just to help um 
with the intensity. So we moved out to the like lounge room kitchen area, which is like we had this kitchen and lounge room. It's kind of all joined. And that's where I was planning to birth in the pool. Mm -hmm. I put the swag out um, and lit all of the candles and just put that my birth playlist on and just laid on our swag, just the two of us. And it's like the first time in God knows how long where it's just been <laughs> of us oh how special <laughs> it was so beautiful we just yeah we we were kind of in this lucid sleep listening to music that we both love in candlelight and every 15 or 20 minutes I'd have a another big surge and it was it was definitely my body was getting Solomon into position so it wasn't labor but it was it was intense really intense and I required me to sit up and ask for help mm-hmm. but um yeah I, I knew that it was my body getting Solomon into position so I was able to rest in between them yeah okay which was really nice and then as soon as the sun came up it was like 6 a.m ish I felt him drop down it was wild I've, I've never had that type of body awareness in my other labors before mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like oh he's ready like uh, my my intuition was right like he was getting into position and I felt him down and I'm like oh my god it's gonna happen <laughs> I'm like I'm rested yeah. and it's morning and I'm ready for this like bring it on so and, good um and then like labor just started it was I, I got I got a surge in my front area mm-hmm. and it was on like they were every five minutes for about an hour big beautiful long surges and then they just yeah in started to intensify and intensify and my Essie was the first to stagger out of the room she was a little bit um worried I guess because she had she's been to other people's births before with me but um it's different I think when she sees her own mum going through it so Mm. Jeff was trying to you know, get her breakfast and tend to her and tend to me and put water in the pool and do everything. So I decided to call my friend who was on call because I didn't know if I wanted anyone there or not. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I, I felt like it would be good for Essie to have some support and my friend and Essie get along really well. So I called my friend and I was like, I think I want you here. And so she came over with banana bread. Oh, nice. <laughs> so Essie was stoked. <laughs> and... um. It was. I, I made the right call. It was so good to have her there just to hold space for the kids so Jeff could be completely present with me. Yeah. And I wasn't like, you know, yeah, she was just, she was amazing. She was totally in the zone with the kids and wasn't disruptive of the energy or anything like that. So it was amazing. It was so great. She came over around six or seven, I think. Um, I'm kind of just guessing times here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sylvester got up and he saw Essie, Essie's birth. And he's just so calm and so excited and really, um, you know, in awe of birth. So he was stoked that it was happening and um, got me a snack and started he was really quiet and he was just like, yeah, really, um, really happy that it was finally happening as well. And, yeah, I've kind of really lost track of time and space after that. It was it just intensified really quickly and it wasn't what I was expecting and I've never never opened that fast before. There were, and there wasn't 
like much of a break in between the surges, like in my other births. Mm-hmm. So I was hating it. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but loving it. Like I was hating it, but I was like. Super fast. Yeah, it was just so overwhelming. Mm. I couldn't keep up. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a fast birth. This is why. <laughs> and I've, I was reflecting on clients I've worked with that have had quick labors and I'm like this is why they hated it so much Um, but I was able to surrender into it like it was really intense but it was also really easy and I just think that's because I I guess I'm a seasoned birther I've given birth twice twice at home and I wasn't afraid or I wasn't you know none of those emotions were coming through I was just annoyed and pissed off (laughs) frustrated and I I was I really I was just so attached to the orgasmic birth that I and I wasn't getting it so I was just like oh this sucks but in between the surges (laughs) I was like blissful and you know person that like washes over you in between the surges thank goodness for that and were you in the pool at this stage oh yeah I got I got straight in the pool as soon as I started I'm um I'm such a watery person with all my labors I've spent the whole labor in the pool I find it um really helps me with my movement and I kind of feel like I'm in a little cave in the pool like I can completely just get into my own zone in the water mm-hmm. um and I just I love being warm so being in the pool is ideal for me so I was in the pool the entire time I think I got out to pee once mm-hmm. and um yeah that's it so yeah it was it was intensifying and intensifying and uh, at one point, Essie came up to me and she was like, Mum is sad. Oh. I was crying, but I was like happy crying and annoyed crying. <laughs> I was just crying. And um, I was like, no, no, Mum is happy. These are happy tears. And Sylvester raced off into his room and came out wearing a costume with a little cowboy hat on and oh. I think a shirt, like a Flash Gordon muscle shirt with a lightning bolt on it and a cape. And he's like, Mom, I'm super midwife. I'm here to love you. Oh, that's too cute. And I just started crying more. I'm like, oh, but I like made sure I that moment into my memory forever. It was yeah. so beautiful. Bless like, you're, you're like a true midwife. Like this, this is what it's all about. Just like being seen and loved yeah. and I'm like screaming and yelling. And he just knew exactly what to do. It was so beautiful. So sweet. And yeah, I just had some surges and he was just standing there in his little costume just watching me and patting me and telling me how much he loved me and he didn't feel like he was had tried to needed to save me from anything it was just so pure and him doing that really brought Essie out of her worry oh, nice. so, yeah it was it was so special and your surges were still really intense at that stage yes <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hated them. And I was I gave myself an internal because I knew I was like wide open. I felt like I knew it was gonna be a fast, fast birth by this point. And I was annoyed. I was like, I just want it to stop. Like for ten minutes. All my labors have stopped. And i and I, I really love I loved my stop start labors. I know a lot of people say that, you know, it's not progressing or whatever, but I've always loved those breaks. Wow. And this just, I didn't get a break. So I I gave myself an internal just to check out if he was coming because I wanted him out. And I felt my bulging bag of waters. And I was like, that's why it's so intense. My waters haven't broken. And so I started begging for my waters to break (laughs) with each surge because with Essie and Sylvester, they broke 
as I was put as I started pushing and I had so much relief mm-hmm. from that release and I was just wanted that relief so much like I felt like I was getting split in half the pressure was like so intense um and they wouldn't break so I was I just had to surrender and surrender and surrender and I was probably well into transition by this point um because I could feel his head and I knew that you know he'd probably come within the next hour or so so yeah I just had to surrender and I I remember looking at Jeff and I was like I am never doing this again ever (laughs) ever ever ever. and I've never said that before ever (laughs) I was like this is it this is the last time and he just looked at me he's so calm and just really you know goes with the flow always and just know always knows the right thing to say and um he just looked at me in the eyes and he's like just go to the source babe (laughs) like oh yeah I've just got to go to the source. And then I, I had this realisation in that moment. I'm like, I am the source. <laughs> and I just started pushing from there. And um, Oh, and also Sylvester bought over a crystal. I have no idea where he got this crystal from. He's really into rocks and crystals and has a stash in his room. And he bought over this little speckled crystal and chucked it in the pool. And he's like, this will help you, Mum. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And I, I looked it up after I'd had um, Solomon and I realised it was a Dalmatian Jasper and Dalmatian Jasper is all about aligning um, your body with the ethereal realms of balancing yin and yang wow. and light and dark energies. And, yeah, and it was like the perfect stone and the perfect moment that he intuited, you know, to put it in the pool. And uh, It really helped, you know, just having – having my my guys like egging me on yeah in that way special and um but yeah that's I started pushing around that time that Sylvester put the crystal in the pool and it was so intense I can still feel it I'm still so freshly postpartum I can still feel it when I think about it and um I was again just expecting him to fly out like Essie did I had full fetal ejection reflex with Essie she just flew out in two pushes um so I was just kind of expecting that to happen but that wasn't happening this time (laughs) and I could feel him moving down and I could still feel that my waters hadn't broken and the pressure was like I was like I'm gonna tear I I, this is so intense like I'm I feel like I'm gonna split open (laughs) And I was kneeling and I could feel him coming down and his head actually came out really fast. And I didn't feel the ring of fire this time at all. Like I think I was just so overwhelmed by the pressure that I didn't feel any other sensations. Yeah. Um, and his head kind of just popped out and it was the best feeling ever because I, I just couldn't, the pressure just instantly went away. Yeah. And your water still hadn't broken at this stage? No, no. They, so they hadn't broken yet. And I was I was feeling his head the whole time. And when his head came out, my first thought was I couldn't feel his face. And I just had this second. I'm like, oh, my God, he has no face. <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. Because oh, I'd felt my other babies come out. I always had my hand on their head as they were crowning. And I could feel their face and their little eyes and their ears and 
with him it was just like a smooth marble ball. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it's no face. It's like, no, his water's broken. He's end cold. He's end cold. <gasps> I'm having an end cold, baby. Yeah, wow, so cool. <laughs> so I went through this, like, funny little process in my brain um, and it was so smooth and and I I had a quite a long time between his head coming out and, and the final surge um, that brought his body out. And that moment, like, I hadn't had that before. With Sylvester, I think with Sylvester I was so overwhelmed with everything I don't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Essie, she flew out, um, so I didn't have that space between kind of moment. So this this time it was it was really beautiful to experience that because I I had so much body awareness I was fully in my body um, I knew exactly what was happening I wasn't fearful that you know he was stuck or anything like that it was all so perfect and it was like ten something in the morning so um, and it was a beautiful autumn sunny day and everyone was just crowding around and it just felt like the universe had stopped for a moment and Jeff was crying and Mm. my friend was crying and it was, yeah, it was otherworldly. It was so beautiful. It was probably like a minute or maybe two minutes or forever. It was a long time. And I knew the next surge would bring him to us and, yeah, the next surge started building and I just remember looking up, I guess, to the heavens or just looking up and, um, I just said thank you, like, really loudly. And, yeah, it was so special. And then the next surge came and, and he came out fully, um, fully and call in his sack. Wow. So surreal. Um, so did your waters actually end up breaking? Like, did he break them on the way out or did you end up having to break them? I had to break it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it was – I. I don't regret. I don't have any regrets from my birth, but I wish I had have spent like a little bit longer with him under the water in his sack to just take that in a little bit more. But I think it just took over, and uh, yeah, and I I'd never caught my own baby before as well, so I was so pumped that I was having the opportunity to catch one of my babies because um, she flew through my hands into Jeff's hands, which was perfect and beautiful. But um. This time I, it was just me in the pool and I really, really got that moment to scoop him up. And, um, yeah, he was he was still in the sack when I brought him out of the water and I just instinctively just broke it open and brought him up to my heart. So Wow, that is so amazing. It was so cool, though. It was, it was like a little pearl. Yeah, okay. Like it was, it was like an iridescent kind of pearly colour and... He was looked so peaceful in there. His eyes were closed and his little hands were like crossed over and his little feet were crossed over. And oh, how cute. Yeah, I was I was so um, in awe of it and in awe of what had just happened. And um, But, yeah, instinct took over and I just like broke it open and put him on my chest and he was bright pink so I wasn't worried about him not being responsive or anything like that um, and I was just so high as well. So. All of those fears kind of just lifted away and weren't even part of the picture anymore. And he, he had a little cry. I think it took him about a minute to cry, but he was breathing um, and he was pink and he was just really in his body. And I really feel like being born um, and call really 
just gave him the smoothest, most undisturbed transition yeah. to earth possible. Um, I announced that he was a boy. Like he came out and I saw his penis and I was like, oh, he's, we have a little boy. Um, and Sylvester just said, oh, my God, my dream has come true. I have a brother. Oh, boy. He really wanted a little brother. Ooh. So he was, he was so happy. And um, I think Essie was – she was – just excited because everyone else was excited, but uh, Jeff was holding her and, um, yeah, Jeff was crying and just everyone was so elated and so high and so happy and, um, yeah, just sat in the pool just staring at him and Sylvester came around behind me and was just looking at him. He's like, he's so cute. Mm. It was beautiful. And then Sylvester, when Essie was born, um, Sylvester just yelled out straight after she was born. He's like, oh, my God. It's her birthday. We have to sing her happy birthday. So we sang happy birthday to Essie and then this time Sylvester really wanted to do that again. So we all sang happy birthday. Um, Solomon didn't have a name, so we just sang happy birthday, dear baby. Um, yeah, it was such a such a beautiful moment to share together. And so intimate, you know, there was just my friend. Well, it's a beautiful friend of all of us, you know. She's part of the family. So uh, it was just a really beautiful moment to share as a family and grow as a family. Yeah, it was um, life-changing. Yeah. And what about your placenta? So my placenta came out so fast. Um, after We had time to sing happy birthday. That's about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I, I felt the gush of blood come out, so I knew my placenta was coming. Um, and it came out pretty much straight after that, so I'd probably like 15 minutes or so after – I gave birth and I've since, um, since talking to other people who have had encore babies, um, they all seem to have, um, like a quick placenta birth in common. So I think maybe my, this is much as my logic. I don't know if it's true, but this is what I feel like happened. Um, as he was, as he was in his sack and as the sack came away from the placenta, I feel like it might've pulled the placenta away from my uterus really quickly. So it just, feel like my placenta was kind of pulled away from my uterus during the birth and um it was I had a really cool moment catching my own placenta as well because I hadn't done that before either I'd always had a midwife catch it or birth it into a bowl or something mm-hmm. um and I had Solomon in one hand and I caught my placenta in another hand and I was sitting in blood and I just felt so like I just felt like a powerful person yeah <laughs> It was a, it was so cool, and I was just remember holding it in my hand, attached to him who I was holding in my other hand, who I just birthed, wow. and just taking that moment in. And I was like, "Wow, I am like I just did all of this. I just grew this baby with this placenta that I grew, and I just it was just such a cool moment to experience." Yeah. And um, but yeah, the placenta was quite ragged. It was almost forty two weeks, so it was. Um, yeah, it was beautiful, but pretty ragged and worn and ready to, ready to be birthed. Yeah. And did you do anything special with your placenta? Yeah, I did. I, um, this, with this time we had a lotus birth for the first. Oh, awesome. Um, which was amazing. And I, I have no regrets over my other kids, um, births or anything like that. But if I. I'm, and I'm not going to have any more babies. But if I did have any more babies, I would totally do a 
lotus birth. Yeah, okay. And for those that don't know what a lotus birth is, it's just where you leave the placenta attached to the baby and let it naturally fall off. Is that right? Yeah, so we didn't cut the cord at all. We just let it drop off and it took, I think it was five or six days to drop off. So that just, um, we just kept it, we kept him attached to really close to the placenta in a bowl for a couple of hours after birth just so I could land and hold him and breastfeed and, um, you know, just to, you know, have a, have a couple of golden hours together. Then we, my friend helped me clean the placenta just with water and pat dried it with some towels. And then we just used a, um, one of those bamboo vegetable steamers that you can just get from like the Asian grocer. And we put the, I put the, a towel in there and then I put the placenta on top of a towel and I got some herbs from, um, blissful herbs. They, yeah. Yeah. And they were beautiful. I think there was rosemary and thyme and rose and calendula and some, so many other beautiful herbs and it smelled amazing. And so I had some Himalayan salt and I put the salt on top of the placenta and on the bottom of the placenta just to preserve it a little bit. And then we put the herbs on top and I put it in a hemp bag and just kept it um, obviously next to Solomon wherever he went for the next five days. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. It, it's, I was a little bit um, anxious about it because I'd never done it before and I was worried it would smell and be inconvenient and annoying. But it was actually so beautiful. It really helped it stopped me from moving around like I'm such a doer and being in bed for four days is not easy for me (laughs) so it really slowed me down and it um you know just kept me in bed and also energetically I felt I really felt myself um my relationship with the placenta kind of detaching I guess slowly rather than it just being severed and um which there's nothing wrong with. Like, um, I just think it's important to do whatever feels right for you and your family. But yeah, this um, this process was really sacred in a whole new way for us. And I really noticed with Solomon the way that he landed um, compared to Sylvester and Essie was just so much softer and so much more gentle. And yeah, he just he didn't cry. Like he still doesn't cry. He slept so much and it's just was a really painful experience yeah um and kind of it was the it was a little bit hard for Jeff to do skin to skin after the third day when the cord got really dry um he couldn't really put Solomon on his chest and he wasn't he was kind of really happy when it dropped off (laughs) which is understandable yeah but um yeah it was beautiful highly recommend it if um you feel called to do it it's definitely yeah and then what do you do with the placenta once it drops off do you plant it or so we decided just to plant it under a tree in our yard because um yeah I I encapsulated essies and I didn't end up eating them and uh, so I didn't really feel called to eat this one or make any tincture or anything like that I just really wanted to give it back to the earth Mm -hmm. so we had a little um ceremony under this beautiful ghost gum tree in our yard and um yeah it was beautiful we like dug a hole for it and um Essie and Sylvester were really involved and really a part of it and I got all of the flowers from my altar and buried my flowers 
um, with the placenta as well. So, yeah, it was beautiful. How did you feel after this birth and what would you say would be the biggest thing you've taken away from this experience? I was so high. (laughs) Like I've been really high from my other births, but this was a whole other level of high. Like I can't even explain it. Like I, I was just felt invincible and I felt, um, yeah, it's just so hard to, put into words how I felt the biggest thing that I've taken from this it's even hard to put this into words I I, yeah trying to write about it is really hard because it, it just felt so normal and so natural and I felt like I feel like I've for me I've reclaimed something huge yeah and and I don't know what I can't there's no word to describe what that is but I I feel like I've I don't know, the only way I can really describe it is that I, I really understand what it means to be of nature. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was my mantra kind of like throughout the pregnancy. If I would just always come back to I am nature. I'm not in control of any outcomes. Um, I am nature. And, I, and the more I lent into that, the more, um, the more I was able to surrender into this whole new level of awareness. And... I'm finding now that I'm not second guessing my intuition at all ever. Yeah. Not even an option. Like if I feel something and I know it to be true for me, I just do it. And um yeah. It's it's so hard to describe. <laughs> no, that was good. That was a great explanation. Oh, cool. <laughs> good. It seems to yeah. always come back to trusting your intuition, which is something I feel like so many of us, myself included, have forgotten how to do absolutely yep there's so much noise outside of ourselves and it's really hard sometimes to really focus on what's true for us and sometimes what's true for us um is really triggering for other people or it's really absurd to other people or it doesn't fit into what our culture um has is set up for Mm. and so it's yeah it's really easy to get sidetracked and yeah, this the whole pregnancy. I had a wild pregnancy as well, and a lot of that stuff came up throughout my pregnancy. Um, really, just kept bringing me back to this is my truth. I am nature. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it was it was a huge awakening in that way, and um, really challenging at some time. Sometimes, like there were days where I didn't really feel solemn and moved very much. And I went into fear mode. I'm like, I need to go to scan or I need to, I need reassurance. And I kept, I was looking outside of myself. And um, even though I knew that he was fine, like my intuition, I knew he was fine. Um, and I, I'm by no means not saying don't act. If you think there's something wrong, definitely act on it. Because yeah. the, the medical system can be very helpful um, when it's really needed. But in my instance, it wasn't like I, I knew he was fine, but I would found myself just kind of automatically going to like looking outside of myself for reassurance at times. And the, I just had to really come back into my my intuition and my truth and my center yeah. and that knowing that he was OK. Yeah. Yeah. What key piece of advice would you give to any expectant mums out there? Just trust your intuition more than anything, more than anything. Like if you feel something um, is, if you feel you're okay, if people are telling you that there's something 
not okay or if your baby's too big or if, you know, you're measuring too small and you know that your baby's fine, your baby's fine. Like yeah. you, you are the master of your own body and you are the master of your own life and um, you are capable of birthing your baby. Yeah. Your body's for it. It's written into our DNA and um, it's really easy to get sidetracked by other people's fears. So, um, yeah, just really trust your intuition. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on today and sharing your beautiful journey with us. No worries. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That brings us to the end of the show, guys. I know I say this nearly every single time, but I just need to reiterate that I completely appreciate free birthing is not for everyone. I share these stories because I find they are the ultimate level of trust and surrender. And I always love hearing how birth just happens when undisturbed, however it needs to, if we just surrender fully to the process. So no matter where you choose to birth, there is always so much you can take away from stories like this. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram, and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.